Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a show planned for you that uh, we hope you will enjoy. We're going to be talking about tragedy and how to overcome tragedy and grief if you've lost uh, a loved one in a tragedy. And if you would like to have input on tonight's program you and you haven't already written in, you can text us at 325-428-6145. And if you're listening tonight and you would like to interact with our Facebook page, just go to At Home with Debbie Rule Facebook and we'll check that periodically while we're on the air as well. We love to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say, I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. We'll be right back. Everybody wants to be in love, have great kids, and the perfect home. But nobody wants to talk about how to get there. At Home with Debbie Rule is a safe place to get advice on how to fight fair or call 911, in-laws or outlaws. Who the heck are these kids and what do I do with them? Let's face it, modern family isn't all fairy tales. Because there are a few places that really explore the reality of relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, At Home with Debbie Rule is a place where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and testimonies. I'm Debbie Rule. Join me every Sunday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule, a talk show about home, family, and relationships. At Home with Debbie Rule, right here on 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. Follow us at Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. at Home with Debbie Rule. The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven offers services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment to medical and law enforcement, legal advocacy, individual counseling. The Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend that is being abused. Set an example. For more information on how you can help, call The Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. about overcoming tragedy and loss. Uh, That is a hard one for most people to process when something happens that's unexpected and that involves uh, losing someone that you love or um, 
having to grieve the loss of someone and it being tragic and unexpected. Uh, on top of that, it can be a lot to have to process and try to overcome and um, things like that sometimes just don't come at the best time. I don't know any time that's a good time for tragedy, but it just seems like you can be rocking along and then all of a sudden, bang, your life is different. And joining me tonight on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy Rule. Good evening, Rudy. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for having tonight's program. You're welcome. Uh, I know that it's been rather difficult for uh, our family the past couple of weeks uh, with the passing of your mom, and uh, that was not really tragic uh, or unexpected, but it's never easy to lose someone that you love. Uh, it's always, you know, difficult. You have to process and grieve uh, regardless of how old they were or what the situation was. Uh, but then we've also experienced a tragedy in the past few days as well uh, in the family. And just really our hearts go out to uh, Rudy's brother and sister-in-law and family uh, in, the in the loss of their uh, son, Matthew. Matthew Rule, 24 years old, was yes. murdered in Santa Ana, California. And he was uh, shot at a convenience store by a person who had uh, done the same thing at five other convenience stores. Mm -hmm. I think two people wound up dead and three or four were injured. And uh, they now have the suspects. But that leaves the family to deal with a tragedy. Yes. And so we're traveling to Amarillo next week to have a uh, service for my nephew. Mm -hmm. And so this is a topic that uh, we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. And grief is something we'll all deal with at some point. That's the way life is. Um, so we all have uh, that to look forward to. I remember as I was taking training for LPC uh, for counseling, there was an individual there that was specializing in grief counseling. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why would anyone want to specialize in that? Well, it's something that all of us will experience. Yes. So and it's so a needed. broad field. And the days are over where you just go on. Yeah. Nowadays, we understand that it can have uh, extensive psychological impact on an individual's life and on entire families mm -hmm. and to the second and third generation. Mm -hmm. And so there's ways to uh, grieve effectively, grieve properly. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want it to derail your life. You know, as I was speaking this morning and preparing this morning, I kept thinking, you know, when we lose a loved one, I think it would be helpful to remember that they would never want to cause us as much pain as we're experiencing. Yeah. And that they're watching from heaven and saying, hey, don't grieve for me. Mm -hmm. I'm in heaven. 
You guys are the ones that have to deal with everyday life. My race is over. My journey is over. Don't grieve for me. And so really, if we look at it from that perspective, it's our own selfishness. We want them here. Mm -hmm. We want to see their life. Mm -hmm. We want to see the fruit of their life. We want to see the joy that they bring into our life. And so we grieve that loss. We have really lost something. Mm-hmm. And so we need to put it in perspective. Uh, that's what I try to do. I know that Matthew doesn't want us up there hurting. He doesn't want us hurting here while he's up there. He mm-hmm. would never want to bring that kind of pain to this family. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way of looking at loss mm-hmm. is uh, to understand that it's real mm-hmm. and validate your feelings and make some way to move forward positively. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and that is all so true and so good about grieving the loss. And, you know, tragedy uh, can be a loss and having to grieve the loss, but tragedy uh, is really a trauma and an emotional response to any terrible event or accident, uh, rape, natural disaster, tragedy like this, a murder in the family. Um and, you know, so you're not only grieving the loss of somebody, but you're, you're also trying to overcome tragedy. And those are two different things. You know, grieving the loss of someone and missing someone and then looking at the tragic event and having to separate your feelings from that. And they're very different, um, especially in this situation where there's someone that caused this tragedy. Um, but you know, tragedy is, it's, it's trauma. And when someone experiences trauma, if they do not go through the proper healing, uh, that it takes to go through, you know, to process that trauma, then, um, it can wreck their life. And so not only are you trying to grieve the loss of a loved one, but you're also dealing with this tragic event that's happened and you're trying to process your feelings and um, a lot of times shock and denial come into play at the very beginning. Um, You know, you have unpredictable emotions. You can be very angry, very sad, uh, unforgiving, Uh, forgiving, unforgiving, you know, battling that back and forth. I know I'm supposed to forgive, but how do I forgive somebody that, you know, um, did this and, you know, you know the right thing, but you just can't feel it in your heart. And, you know, there's just so much that surrounds tragedy and, um, you know, it puts strain on relationships and uh, you can have physical symptoms, uh, nausea, headache, um, you know, physical manifestations from dealing with tragedy. And so it's, it's nobody wants to deal with a tragic event. There's nothing event. easy about it. No, there's uh, not. It's a process and time helps mm-hmm. because, you know, initially it is shock. I'm still just in shock. I can't, I just cannot get my mind around this beautiful young man mm-hmm. at 24 years old uh, is gone, mm-hmm. all the promise of his life. And so, you know, you, you do research, you read people's uh, ideas on grief and grieving, and, 
For instance, I, I printed off the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. A lot of this stuff I agree with. Uh, some of it I don't. But I know that I'm in the uh, place of shock. Mm-hmm. And that may be the same as denial. Mm-hmm. It's just, no, it didn't really happen. Well, I know it happened. I just can't process it. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's, un, it's unknown territory. Mm-hmm for me and I'm sure it is for my brother. And you know that's what I'm that's why I'm trying to separate the two in the fact that that shock and that denial and those emotions and those feelings that come from the tragedy and the trauma that occurs from that tragedy and then you have grief on top of that. Um, and a lot of people you know, kind of put that together and think, well, I've got to deal with all of this. And it's a process of kind of separating that out and dealing with your emotions and your feelings on two different levels. And um, and it takes, of course, a lot longer to grieve the loss of someone when it was a tragic uh, event. And so, you know, there's just nothing easy about a tragedy or uh, losing someone to a tragedy, and it can be very, very traumatic in a life of an individual and of a family. And, um, you know, this is a time where families gather together and uh, siblings and parents, and um, it doesn't really matter what's happened in the past. Everybody comes together because you realize that our life is different now from this day forward. And... um, and you have to process those feelings. A lot of times, like you're saying, you don't even really understand what you're feeling. Uh, I'm in shock. I'm in denial. I'm I'm angry. Um, you know, all of those things that come with experiencing a tragic event, um, and then having a loss on top of that. Well, you know, well, you and a they're lot on to deal you with. like a blanket. It's like you've been covered in a blanket, and you just can't fight your way out of it. Yeah. You can't avoid it. I mean, it's just all on you all at the same time, and it's totally unexpected, and you're totally unprepared. And so you're trying to fight for your survival. Mm -hmm. And so we have some ideas or some things that we want to talk about uh, with people that are dealing with grief. Over the years, I've had occasion to minister to families that have lost a child, and I haven't, and I don't ever want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe anybody can... Uh, begin to understand the pain mm-hmm. unless they've been through it. And what that's one of the aspects of grieving, to know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There are other people that know exactly how you feel. How You're just empty inside. You're just, the grief is so strong, it's unbearable. Mm-hmm. And they understand how you feel. And, mm-hmm. well... That doesn't make me feel any better. Well, you'd be surprised to be able to commiserate with someone and say, oh, I know how you feel. Yeah. We've seen families that, uh, parents especially, that have gone and done something in the name of their child so that their uh, legacy will live on. Mm -hmm. And that is such a positive way of dealing with something you have no control over. Yes. And that, that lack of control is so aggravating. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do. So you can do something positive. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you can do something very negative and destructive. And Mm -hmm. 
that's what we want to make sure we don't do. Mm-hmm. In a family where there's more than one child, Matthew had a brother and a sister, or has a brother and a sister, and the parents of those children have to grieve the loss of their son, but they have to continue being parents to their children mm-hmm. and grandparents, mm-hmm. and they have to continue living, mm-hmm. and they have to continue they want to continue, or they would certainly say that they would want to continue being productive and encouraging and strong mm-hmm. and courageous. So just totally cratering uh, isn't really honoring to the lost person. Mm-hmm. Having a good life. But but everybody deals with grief. Um, and, and I think we should separate the two. You know, we're on grief now, so it will continue to uh, go through that, you know, uh, talking about grief. And then we'll come back to tragedy because they are two separate things. Um, but, you know, everybody deals with grief in their own different way, in a different, in their own way. And so that's the thing is very hard to, you know, be supportive of someone that's grieving because everyone deals with grief in, in a different way. And, you know, it's to say, oh, I'm so sorry, or, you know, I understand how you feel. Well, you know, maybe you really don't understand how they feel. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, we're afraid of silence because silence is very uncomfortable. But sometimes people, when they're grieving, Um, They just need to know that they have someone there beside them supporting them emotionally and physically and spiritually. And, you know, just a hug or a quick text, you know, I'm thinking about you or I'm praying for you. Um, You know, so many times we want to have an answer and there are no answers. And everybody is, you know, processes things differently. And so, you know, from what I've learned is maybe sometimes the least amount said and just being sensitive to things that need to be done when someone, you know, when that person's been put on your heart and you say, I really need to text that person or, or contact that person. Um, And, and then you do. And so that's coming from the other side of grief where maybe you're not experiencing it, but maybe you are an extended family or a friend. Um, How do you help someone? You're helping someone who's dealing with it. I think, what you're saying is absolutely uh, key. Keep those lines of communication open. You know, yes. people withdraw, and they don't mm-hmm. want to intrude, and they don't want to bother you. Listen, uh, just as you said, Debbie, if the Lord puts them on your heart, reach out to them in yes. some way. And you don't have to say, how are you feeling? You, you know how they're feeling. Yeah. Uh, you can say, is there anything I can do for you? Mm-hmm. What did you do today? Did you get out? How are you eating? Mm-hmm. Can can I take you out? Maybe we can get an ice cream or mm-hmm. go to Sonic. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's go get a hamburger. Let's mm-hmm. go for a drive. Uh, sit with them. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was in Amarillo, I would be at my brother's house sitting with him. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there. Just being there. Yeah. And uh, being there so that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a, at an appropriate time, I would say, tell me about Matthew. Tell me your good memories. Mm-hmm. Tell me how much fun it was being his dad. Yeah. Tell me what was great about 
your and Matthew's relationship. Tell me about the trips y'all took, mm -hmm. the things y'all did. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to act like this person that we've lost never existed. On the other hand, I mean, just the opposite direction. You want to, their memory will live on with you forever. Mm -hmm. And people have to be ready to talk about it in their own time. Sure. Well, and, you have to be sensitive to that. Yeah. And, and everybody deals with things differently. There are some people that don't want, you know, anyone to know that they're hurting and they have the appearance of, I'm a strong person. I'll get through this. Let me just take care of all of the um, well, they'll get buried in the details. Let me get, yeah. you know, because that's how they grieve. It's like I, I, I have to be doing something so, so that I'm not thinking about it. And then, you know, a month or two after everything is settled down, then it really hits them. And it's important that they go through the grieving process um, because it's not going to help them if they just continue to suppress that and and think that it's not there. But with everybody dealing with grief in different ways, um, trying to help someone through the grieving process is just letting them know that you're there. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what you say to someone uh, that is in Johnny and Selena's situation, uh, but my heart is there, and um, certainly for whatever they may need. And I think if if that's all you can communicate in. Uh, by doing things and saying that, then someone knows they're supported because, you know, this can take someone into a deep depression. It can take people, um, give them a lot of anxiousness and a lot of things can come uh, from situations like this. And what you don't want is for someone to spiral down and how we certainly don't have the power to control all of that. But but, but when we are a support, um, hopefully that can help someone know that they're not alone. Uh, being alone in a time like this is a tragedy in itself. And what you say, again, is so accurate. And whenever we're trying to be there for someone who's hurting, mm -hmm. that's when we can Google. Mm -hmm. That's when we can read about how do you help someone who's, who's grieving. Mm -hmm. And because it's not something we get trained on in school. Mm -hmm. It's not something we read books about. It's really something we want to stay as far away from as possible. Mm -hmm. But then when it happens and we're, we have a loved one who's had a significant loss, well, what do I say? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Well, maybe you can take fresh flowers mm -hmm. and put it on their table. Maybe you can say, you know what? I was thinking about Matthew today. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can bring up that person that's lost and how mm -hmm. much you enjoyed them and the fun that the family had together. Uh, it's not a, it's not a taboo subject or a, 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 a subject that you don't bring up. They're dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than tiptoeing around, and again, I've got to say, you have to be sensitive to the person yes. because you're absolutely right. Yes. Everyone deals with mm -hmm. it their own way. Mm -hmm. And they may change by the hour. They may change by oh, the day. By the minute. <laughs> and I think you're dealing with the, emotions. Emotions are may, up and down. Uh, yes. I mean, a constant. And what you want to do is help them take good care of themselves. Yeah. Make yeah. good decisions. Check eat, on them. Sleep, make sure that they're not okay. Not be destructive. Yeah. Uh, not spiral down. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, grief counseling is so important going forward. You mentioned someone might stay busy initially, but, you know, a month down the road, two months down the road, where they're really finally coming out of denial mm-hmm. and and dealing, dealing with, with how it feels. Mm-hmm. Counseling is very important. Talking yes. with someone. Yes. You know, in any type of traumatic experience, we see this with PTSD, combat yes. veterans. Yes. If they can sit down and talk with other people mm-hmm. that have been through combat and have mm-hmm. experienced that trauma, mm-hmm. it really helps them. The more they talk about it, the mm-hmm. less of a burden it is for them to carry. Mm-hmm. I can get it out. I can say it. I can say it. Now I can talk about it, and it doesn't destroy me like it used mm-hmm. to. It doesn't mean I'm healed or it doesn't mean I won't be scarred but it means I'm in a healthy place. Yes. And I think, too, that we have to understand that everybody deals with grief in a different way and deals with tragedy in different ways. And so their process is not going to look like someone else's process. And, you know, it may take someone a little longer to get to a place where somebody else has already arrived. And... um you know, I think that the the worst thing that we can do is to try to fix a situation. You know, that's, I think, our human nature is to just try to fix it. Let me try to fix it for you. How can I fix it for you? What can I do? How can we just make this better? And, and how can you feel better? And, you know, just eventually, you know, maybe it's a year down the road and they're still dealing with it. And uh, hopefully they're getting some counseling and they're processing it and they're, you know, walking the journey out. Uh, but they're still just really in a funk. They're still really having a hard time. And, you know, the worst thing you can say to somebody is, we'll just get over it. You know, it's been long enough and you need to overcome that. Um, I know that we've experienced tragedy in our, our church with a, a loved one, that, uh, 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 Lady Cynthia Reeves, that passed away in a tragic car accident. And I'm sure that her family still to this day is going through that process of dealing with a tragedy and with grief. And it's just not ever, you know, for a person on the outside to say, you need to be done and over with it. It's not ever over. And it's not ever over. I, I don't think you're ever over it. You may become easier to deal with and you get your emotions um, under control and you've talked with somebody, uh, but you're still going to always have those moments of, you know, loneliness or uh, sadness, uh, whatever that may be. And that's okay. You know, I think people need to understand it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel unforgiveness for a length, you know, a short period of time. Those are all um, our emotions that come to us naturally. And we have to process those. Right. Don't deny your emotions. Your emotions are valid. Mm -hmm. People that wall off their emotions, they're on the road to being unhealthy. Well, they'll collapse. Unhealthy psychologically. Emotionally, they will have an emotional Unhealthy physically. Yeah. Unhealthy emotionally. Yeah. And it's very dangerous. Yeah. And that's why it's uh, good to talk. Mm -hmm. Well, I I miss my mom or I miss my son or I miss my, my wife or whatever your loss is. Talk with somebody about mm-hmm. it. Don't act like you're fine. I'm I'm handling it. Well, we know you're handling it, mm-hmm. but you can handle it maybe in a more constructive way, a positive way, a, a healing way. 
Mm-hmm. And I go back to thinking, you know, our loved ones don't want us sitting down here being just destroyed by their loss. They would never do that mm-hmm. to us. That's true. I just, I just somehow feel that sometimes it's hard to get your mind wrapped around that because you're not really thinking about where that person is and how much better they are. You know, you know, that they're in a better place uh, when they're with the Lord. But it's just, how do you get your mind around that? You know, how do you get That's from point A to B? That's why grief counseling is so helpful. How do, you, how do you get there? You may never you... think of that, but yeah. someone else can introduce you to that yeah. concept. And you go, oh, yeah, and I think that, I'll try that. And I think that comes with a little bit of time. Sure. It's it's just you've got to process those feelings of anguish and anger and, you know, denial, like you said, and, and those things that come at the very beginning. If we don't process through those and work through them, then um, we will never be able to get to that place that well, you're talking one about. One of the lists that uh, is under how to deal with the grieving process, number one, acknowledge your pain. Yes. I'm hurting. Yes. I'm devastated. I yes. don't know how I will go on. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that. And I And it's better to admit it. And yes. get it out and say it. But there are different personalities that no, have I'm a fine. really hard no, time dealing yep. with that. Um, some personalities just cannot say I need help or I'm hurting. Uh, they have to always have that outward appearance of I've got it all together, I'm in control, um, I'm, I, I'll be fine, you know, they're in a better place, you know, all those things that are said when they're dying inside. Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. that's what we're trying to get across tonight is it's okay. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to be angry, uh, to be upset, to, to be sad, to... Um, you know, emotions are everywhere. You're sad one minute, you think of a good memory and you're joyful and then you're back to sad and then you're angry and you're just all over the place. That's okay. That's totally natural um, for you to be going through that process. But to pretend that you're fine is really dangerous, like you said, Rudy. Um, And we've always said, you know, when somebody says I'm fine, what they're really saying is... Friend, I need, I need encouragement. That's right. I need help. Help me. Yes. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're talking about how to overcome tragedy and loss. We'll talk a little bit more about tragedy, your feelings, and how to overcome that, and again, a little bit more about grief. So stay with us. we got a lot more coming up in the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. Stay with us. New in 2022, have you or someone you've known been dealing with hurts, habits, or hangups? Are you looking for a place where others understand and admit that we all need a better way to live life? Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program designed to help deal with past hurts, unhealthy habits, and hang-ups that keep us from successful living. Celebrate Recovery is not just for those dealing with addictions to drugs and alcohol. Celebrate Recovery is much more. Anger issues, insecurities, codependency, abuse, fear, anxiety, divorce. Celebrate Recovery helps us all find freedom, support, healing, peace, and new life. 
Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery meets Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Heart of Texas Event Center located at 804 San Angelo Highway. We look forward to you joining us this Thursday at 6 o'clock. What is in your future is so much better than what's in your past. The time is now to come and celebrate with us. Are you facing a crisis or has something unexpected happened to you? Maybe your home and relationships have been harmed by divorce? Or do you have marriage, parenting, or blended family issues? Career choices, financial issues, addiction, or just plain old I need to know how to do life better to avoid making so many bad choices? At Home Success Coaching is a great place to start. If you need someone to listen, someone to talk, to process your feelings, insight, or advice on how to have a better life, At Home Success Coaching can help you out of a crisis or just help you stay on the right path and reach the goal of having the very best home, family, and relationships possible. At Home Success Coaching is a nonprofit organization and there is no charge for our services or programs that are offered. Visit at homesuccesscoaching.com. That's at homesuccesscoaching.com, helping one home at a time. with Debbie Rule. This is the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule and tonight we're talking about overcoming tragedy and loss. Uh, can be very difficult to um, process and work your way through a tragic event especially when uh, loss has been a part of it when you lose someone that you love. Uh, so tragic and um, difficult to process and work through. And so tonight we're just giving you a little bit of information on uh, maybe some things that might help you to be able to overcome tragedy, uh, that crisis in your life, also uh, grieving the loss of someone and also trying to help somebody that's grieving the loss of someone. Uh, All different roles in life and all very uh, complicated and delicate uh, when we actually are talking about you know, our emotions and our feelings. Some are a lot easier for some people to deal with. Some people deal with emotions and process things well. And some personalities uh, shut down and they're not a real emotional person. They're not, uh, don't deal with things that easily. And so it can be more challenging for some. Everybody deals with grief and tragedy in different ways. And so just being sensitive to that, I think is the key. Uh, number one thing that if you're on the outside looking in, uh, need to understand. So um, we've been talking a little bit about grief, Rudy, and um, and tragedy. And, you know, one of the things that came up on uh, some of my research on just dealing with tragedy is, you know, sometimes we blame ourselves for tragedy. Even uh, when it is just totally ludicrous, there's just no way that you could have had any part in that, any responsibility in that. But, you know, you think, well, if I just wouldn't have let my child move, if I just wouldn't have let my child, you know, go to that school, or if I just wouldn't have let my child do this, or, you know, if I just would have gone with that person, or if I just wouldn't have let that person leave when they left, then maybe that wouldn't have happened, or, you know, whatever the case may be you know, taking false sense of responsibility is uh, 
part of those emotions that come with dealing with a tragedy and take, you know, and, and, and you have to understand that that's exactly what it is. It's false responsibility. Uh, you're not responsible. Um, and that it's, it's a difficult thing to, to try to work through and overcome. But uh, really, at the end of the day, um, it probably was going to be what it was going to be. And so regardless of, you know, how you may be feeling about that, process those feelings and do a lot of self-affirmation and talk to yourself and say, yes, I know I probably should have, you know, done things a little differently or if I just wouldn't have done this, but I've done the best that I can and there was really nothing that I could do. And bring the truth into that. You know, my child was going to move there regardless of what I thought or my child was going to do this or my husband or my wife was going to do this. And, and there was really nothing that I could do about it. I don't have a responsibility in it, and I'm not responsible. And I think a lot of times guilt, shame, false responsibility can eat somebody up. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said about bringing the truth into it, when someone is doing that uh, self-guilting, yeah. uh, somebody else That's has so to bring to in do. the truth. Yeah. I mean, you're hurting so bad, you just want to condemn yourself and say it's all your fault and be angry at yourself. If I'd have been a better parent or if I'd have been a sp better spouse, you know, or a better daughter. So you know. we look for someone to blame. We look for someone to be responsible. And sometimes bad things just happen. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. Sometimes there is somebody responsible. It's okay too. to go through that process if you go through it but when you stay in that process mm -hmm. i mean sometimes you have to work out those emotions those bits of anger those built bits of guilt but somebody's got to bring the truth in mm -hmm. and if you're a person that does a lot of self-talk and self-encouragement you can work your way through it yeah. by bringing the truth in someone mm -hmm. who lives in the now and lives in the truth but if you're not one of those people or there's a lot of times somebody will blame somebody else. Yeah. You know, one spouse will blame the other. If mm -hmm. you hadn't let her go, I mm -hmm. told you not to let her go mm -hmm. out to the lake, and mm -hmm. now she drowned. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you want you want to you have all this anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have this anger natural. that it's you natural. want to direct somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I told them this morning, I said, I've gone out in the backyard and just screamed myself hoarse. Mm -hmm. I've driven in the car and just screamed until I couldn't scream anymore. Mm -hmm. That helps me. That's my process. Mm -hmm. um, I don't scream at my wife. <laughs> well, actually, actually, you're very quiet about your emotions, yeah. and sometimes I have to just uh, wonder if I'm alive. Figure out, you know, when is a good time to even uh, approach the subject or or say anything. Mainly, I think uh, for me with you, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is just being a being there with you, a body right there with you. Um, that gives you a sense of security and allows you to process your feelings and your emotions the way you need to do it. And so I try to just take hands off and allow you to, you know, move through that uh, just by being there physically with you and, and letting you know I'm here, you know, I, I'm here. And, you know, I think back to when you lost your mother, and I wonder how uh, much I was there for you, and I feel like I let you down. Oh, no. That's the guilt. That's false sense of re Well, thank guilt you there. for that because it's been bothering me. It's been 
Uh, you, listen, we want to make things better, mm-hmm. but there's limited ability to make things better. Yeah. And this is how you make things better. You let them know you love them and you mm-hmm. care for them and you're there for them. And, yeah. And you just you don't just say it once. You say it again yeah. and again. And, and I'll tell you, hugs. I want to share this story. My dad passed away in 97. And uh, at his graveside service, four men from my Bible study, men's Bible study, drove 120 miles and got there just as we were starting. I mean, they pulled up in a cloud of dust at the cemetery. They jumped out and ran over there, and I hugged them, and that's when I broke down. I had been in denial or in grief or in shock, and I had been with my family, and we had made the arrangements, and we had sat and talked and all of that stuff, and we had known he was, you know, spiraling sick. down he and he sick, was yes. it wasn't wasn't unexpected but when those guys showed up uh, just the fact that they cared mm-hmm. they drove 120 miles they all got together and did it and I, I broke down right there at the graveside mm-hmm. service so uh, you don't know when you're going to have that emotional break yeah but it's good to have that's called uh effective grieving that's properly grieving and the psychiatry community will say that a person's problems can be directly tied back to an inability to properly grieve we all have something in our life to grieve if you're listening tonight and you say well you know someone in my life died and I never cried. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon at all. So many of us don't know how to properly grieve. We haven't seen anyone grieve. Well, and loss, you know, we're talking about losing people in our life, but so many people lose relationships, you know, divorce or uh, other things that happen in our life that we don't properly grieve. Uh, Any type of loss has to be grieved properly because it in, it will impact your life, how you process that event in your life. And um, the outcome will either be good or bad, depending on how you process that. And, you know, um, I want to add one thing back to when I was talking about some people feel responsible. You know, uh, another thing that I've heard a lot of people say sometimes is, you know, well, they called me and they asked me to come over and I just didn't have the time. And then the, that was the last time I ever spoke to them. Or they sent me a text and I didn't respond and, you know, n- now they're gone. Um, those are the things that sometimes can eat you up inside that's a false sense of responsibility or guilt. Um, you know, you have to get over those things. Um, you cannot allow those things to eat you up inside and you have to just go through the process of, okay, you know, maybe I should have done something differently, but I can't change the past. All I can do is change the future. And what can I do to make things better now? Um, and you walk through it and you go through that process, but it can be very difficult to, um, go through tragedy and especially when you have you know grief well again that's bringing the truth into the situation yes. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we in our society, we see tragedies play out on television, and they become political footballs, mm-hmm. and somebody wants to point the finger at somebody else for political gain, and they want to blame this or that mm-hmm. for something bad that happened, and the real blame goes to the person who did something bad. Yeah. The person to blame is the person that did something bad. Yeah. They're and responsible. So our society uh, has a lot to do with how we deal with things because we watch a lot of television. We do what social media tells us to. We conform to the norm Mm-hmm. And we, it, it is to our detriment. Yes. We're not yes. dealing with truth. We're dealing with opinion and we're dealing with political agenda and we're dealing with mm-hmm. stuff that is not truth. Yes. Yes. Well, um, you know, it's certainly not ever easy uh, to overcome a tragedy or a trauma in your life. And recognizing uh, that you are experiencing a tragedy uh you know like we talked about some people that are just in denial or they stay busy uh you know you were talking about when my mom passed away uh i was her primary caregiver for the last several years of her life and of course she went into the nursing home but still requires you know a lot of attention and um you know i was just so used to that fast pace let me take care of my life and my mom's life too and all of her needs. And then, you know, when she did finally pass away, it was still continuing with, you know, let me take care of everything, let me be fine. And so when I'm talking to the people out there that um, don't go through the process until maybe a little bit later when things settle down, I'm talking to myself because that's exactly um, how that was for me. You finally get to the point where it's like, okay, Um, you know, right now I would be going to the nursing home or right now I would be doing this or doing that. And I don't have that to do today. And so you, you go through that process of, even though it was hard and difficult and challenging, it's a part of your life that's no longer there. And so that's when you begin to start really going through those processes of those feelings and the, the way that you're dealing with, uh, that person's no longer with you. So, um, Everybody deals with it differently, and um, like we said in the first half, just being sensitive to that and and just being a person that's there for them, I think, is just really important. Um, you know, it's okay. We talked earlier about talking about your thoughts and your feelings. It's very therapeutic. Taking care of yourself, Rudy, you brought that up. You know, a lot of people will just say, well, I'm not hungry, and I'm just not hungry. I can't eat, and it doesn't do you any good to get sick or harm yourself. Um, You have other people that love you and want you to be around. So you've got to, at some point, make yourself, you know, do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself. Stay hydrated. Eat what you can. um, Try to get sleep. uh, You know, whatever it is that you're struggling with and if you have to get outside help from a medical doctor or counselor or something then that's that's fine you need to do that Um, but you need to go through the proper steps of taking care of yourself and that's the last thing I think that people do is self-care it's I got to take care of and fix everything else and self-care is at the bottom of the list and it really should be at the top and it's, it's really hard 
Well, I, I agree with that completely. And people get destructive. Yes. It hurts so bad, they just want to die. Yeah. They just want to die. Yeah. I mean, the pain is so bad. Yeah. And it's, when people ask me, what can you do about that? Well, you know, I don't have any answers. Yeah. I have some ideas. If it was someone I cared about and they were just spiraling down like you said i would go and mm -hmm. confront them in a in a way that was effective hey mm -hmm. you're going to eat i don't want to eat get out of here i'm not leaving you're going to eat mm -hmm. and uh, you know i think about my brother or uh, some a man uh, it might be a physical altercation even get them <laughs> to get angry yeah. You know, shove that hamburger in their mouth. Well, I mean, and, and my approach whatever's effective. Be, my approach would be a little bit different. You could see the difference between he and I. Mine would be more of the talk you through it. Um, well, you know, you haven't eaten anything, so does anything sound good to you? I'll go get it for you or yeah, I'll make and it. My what only can I point do? is being nice is the way to start. But yeah. if they say, get out, stay out, don't come back, then you say, I'm not leaving. Yeah. You're going to eat or we're going to have a problem. Yeah, well. And come be, to the point of being confrontational. Because you might, you might be saving a life. That's, well, that's true. That's well, true. I, and I know how confrontational you are, so. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we'll just go on. We'll go on to the next yes. subject. Uh, but you're right. You're right. You have to help someone help themselves because they may not be able to help themselves at the you time. You know, you don't want to come back saying, well, I tried. Well, no, I'm not leaving here till you get a bath or change your clothes or comb your hair yeah. or eat something. Um, you know, some people, um, they'll, one of, one of the physical symptoms could be just fatigue. You know, they just find themselves, they're just so emotionally spent that they are just totally fatigued, uh, maybe because they're not eating right or they're not getting enough sleep. Um, you know, something that you they may do is may, they may have social withdrawal. And what I mean is I'm not saying everybody should go out and be the life of the party and go do everything that you normally do, take some time off from work or whatever you need to do, but don't totally withdraw yourself. Do not go into a dark cave and sit there and not let people come around you and love you and fix meals for you and, you know, do the things that they want to do to help you. Um, but that's a common thing. A lot of people will just withdraw. Um, they will have difficulty concentrating, sleeping. You should not make any uh, life-changing Decisions, decisions at that no time big decisions. no big decisions i know sometimes preparations have to be made circle yourself around a group of people that can help you with that don't ever try to take everything on yourself and don't make decisions that you don't have to make until you are emotionally don't let somebody talk stable. you into doing something you don't want to do that's true sometimes vultures come in and sense that you're in a vulnerable place yes. and just give it a six-month moratorium yeah. i don't have to make any decisions i'm not going to yeah that's true and you shouldn't uh when you're going through a tragic event in your life or you've lost someone make the decisions that you have to make but be careful about making decisions that that can wait uh, because we don't make very good decisions when we're emotional um and you know, be, be 
uh, aware of what's going on with your body and with your mind. If you have really negative thoughts, if you have suicidal thoughts, if you have thoughts of, you know, hurting yourself or hurting someone else or, you know, whatever might be going on with you, don't just shrug that under the rug and think, well, you know, I just don't need to deal with that um, because it's dealing with you. And if you need to get out and talk with somebody, maybe you need to uh, do that. But um, that's common. A lot of people feel like I just want to die. And we say that, you know, to just say that, I just feel like I'm going to die. But some people really feel like oh, the pain they is so die. great. You just want anything to relief. Stop it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so watch for those things. Watch for those things in your loved ones. If you see suicidal tendencies, if you see them withdrawing, if you see them going to a place and separating from everyone and not dealing with things, or maybe they are, you know, in that denial stage where they are really not dealing with things, but you sense some things are not quite right there, checking on people regularly and making sure that they're okay. Um, you know, these are all things that people uh, are going to, possibly do during the process of a tragic event or uh, grieving the loss of someone, especially in a tragedy. And it just, we you, have to be aware of it. If, if you're the person that is hurting and, and you have a circle of friends, let them in to your yeah. uh, time of grieving. Let them yeah. into your life. Let them into your thoughts. Yeah. If you are trying to help someone a loved one, a relative that's in the grief process, enter into their circle of grief. Be mm -hmm. a part of that. And not just once, but ongoing. Mm -hmm. And if you're the individual that's really hurting, it's so common for us to make up in our minds that nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. And no one understands. And people do care. Yes. And there, if you're the person that's grieving, reach out. Reach mm -hmm. out. Call somebody and say, I mean, just it's burden okay them. It's okay to say I'm it's falling okay apart. It's okay to burden them. Say, man, I, I just need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And a true friend will embrace that. Yeah. And that's, friends are friends when you need friends. Mm -hmm. And if they're not a friend when you need a friend, they're not a friend. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, as we talked about earlier, just allowing people to go through their own process of overcoming that tragedy and uh, that grieving process, um, just warning signs for you to be aware of as a person looking in and a person that's actually going through it, if that's you listening, and you are experiencing a sense of helplessness and um, such a bad depressive state that you physically can't eat or you're having thoughts of harming yourself or someone else, um, please, that is, those are warning signs that need to be paid attention to. Pick up the phone and call someone. You know, there's the 1-800-SUICIDE um, hotline number that you can call. There are numbers that you can call that people are on the other end that care 
and maybe you need to talk to somebody that's anonymous. You don't you don't want to, you know, share some of the things that you want to share with your loved ones or with your friends. You just need to get some things out with somebody you don't know. It's okay. Call those people because they're there to help you. And well, that's what they're let there me for. Piggyback on that. I've been on suicide hotlines before. Listen, sometimes it's so boring, you're begging for somebody to call. So don't ever think you're causing a problem. Those suicide hotlines are there for a reason. Call. Yeah. And those people are trained, and they do care. You don't do that yeah. if you don't care. Mm-hmm. And the people that you connect with, they're not going to have any answers. Nobody has any mm-hmm. answers. And but, if you have a smartphone, uh, you can just dial 988 988, and that will get you the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's 24 hours a day. You can also text uh, that number as well uh, and get the information that you need, or just maybe it's just a listening ear on the other side. But don't um, don't think that it's not important enough for you to get the help that you need. If you sense that you've got something going on that you know is not right, then reach out, get the help. If you are someone on the outside looking in and you know someone that's going through that, be aware of the warning signs, be a good friend, be a good family member, step in and say, hey, I realize something's going on here. What can we do to help? Those crisis lines are so effective. Yes. They, they're not going to send people out to pick you up unless no. you ask for help. They're going to bring truth. We talked earlier about bringing truth into the situation. If it's a tragedy, if it's something terrible that's happened in the world and it's filled you with fear, Mm -hmm. share that with them and they will talk to you about irrational thinking. They will inject truth into your thought process. They'll give you somewhere to vent and the only record of it will be, well, we took a call at 2 Mm a.m. and they're not going to give get your name and phone number and address and email and all of that stuff and harass you but they're there at that same number every night for you to call 24 hours a day as many times as you need to call Uh, 988 on your smartphone suicide and crisis hotline they are there to listen uh, if you need someone to talk to and we all need someone to talk to so if that is what uh, you think you need to do I encourage you to do it um, it's and and maybe you've been going through the process and you're still having feelings uh, of of suicide or suicidal ideology. You're dealing with hurting yourself or someone else. Um, call because they're there to help. You know, touching on the grieving aspect one more time. The way to honor the person that you're grieving over is to live your best life. Yes. The way right. to honor. And yeah. I talk with veterans about this that have PTSD. Mm-hmm. They have uh, survivor's guilt. I don't mm-hmm. know how I survived. Yeah. Listen, live your best life and honor the sacrifice of your buddy. That's right. If he was here, he would tell you, don't spiral down. Live your best life. I think that's a good way to end tonight is live your best life. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll be back next week at 6 p.m. right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week.
Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Can Hill 95.3 FM and canhillradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships.